Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and a clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Lisa Willems from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test and focus interview. Thanks for the introduction, Dr. Pritt. Today we'll be discussing NPM1Q with Dr. Rong He. But before we get started, Dr. He, could you please provide a bit about yourself and your background? Sure. I'm Rong He. I'm a hematopathologist specializing in myeloid neoplasms. I'm also a co-director of the Molecular Hematopathology Lab where we offer clinical testing for the diagnosis, prognosis, and therapeutics of hematologic neoplasms to both our male internal patients as well as our outside clients. I have been with male for about 12 years, and I not only lead the test development activities in the lab, but I'm also a end user of these tests as a hematopathologist working up vulnerable cases. This structure of our lab and similarly many other labs at Mayo Clinic Laboratories gives us a unique niche of providing content expertise along with our tests. Thank you, Dr. He. Could you please give a basic overview of the test MPM1Q and why we are so pleased to be offering it? Sure. So MPM1Q is one of the four tests that we offer for acute myeloid leukemia MRD monitoring. So MRD stands for measurable residual disease or previously was called minimal residual disease. So there are two major platforms for MRD monitoring. One is by the multi-parameter flow cytometry, which detects AML blasts by their abnormal immunophenotype. And the other one is by quantitative monitoring of reliable molecular markers that occur in AML. The Molecular Hematopathology Lab, our lab, offers a one-stop shop for quantitative reverse transcriptase PCR, i.e. RT-PCR, based MRD monitoring of the four markers endorsed by the U.S. National Comprehensive Cancer Network, NCCN, and the European Leukemia Net, ELN. The suite of testing includes MPN1, translocation 1517 with PMRR fusion, translocation 821 with RONX1, RONX1T1 fusion, and inversion 16 or translocation 16 with CBFD MYH11 fusion. It's my pleasure to focus on one of these offerings today, which is the MPN1Q, the MPN1 MRD assay. A little bit background, the MPN1 gene is located on chromosome 5Q and encodes for uh, nucleophosphamine, which is a protein that shuttles between nucleus and cytoplasm as a molecular chaperone, and also a regulator of multiple protein-protein interactions and diverse cellular functions. MPN1 mutations are seen in about 30% of AML patients. It is most prevalent in normal karyotype AML and frequently associates with FLU3 gene mutations. And AML patients harboring a MPN1 mutation in the absence of FLU3 ITD has been shown to have relatively more favorable outcome. There are more than 30 types of MPN1 mutations identified in AML 
but all are very similar insertional frame shift mutations involving the last axon. These mostly represent simple small base pair insertions, but sometimes they can also occur as complex indel insertion deletion events, however, still result in a net insertion. The three most common MPN1 mutations designated as types A, B, and D are all four base pair insertions, and they account for approximately 90% of MPN1 mutations in AML. For our MPN1 MRD test, the test code is MP1Q. This test is composed of two components, a highly sensitive quantitative RT-PCR, which detects and quantifies the three most common MPN1 mutation types, A, B, and D, and a concurrently performed qualitative MPN1 axon 11 mutation screen by fragment analysis that detects essentially all MPN1 mutant forms reported in AML, including the rare non-type AVD forms. The quantitative test is RNA-based with a limit of detection of one over 10,000 copies of ABLE. So we use ABLE as a reference transcript. As mentioned earlier, this quantitative RT-PCR targets the three most common types of MP1 mutation, ABD, uh, which covers 90% of cases in MP1 mutated AML. The specific types of MP1 mutation are determined in the diagnostic AML sample by sequencing most commonly by next generation sequencing nowadays. For all samples submitted for MPN1 MRD testing in our lab, we check for the mutation type if a diagnostic sample was previously sent here for NGS testing. As a reference lab, we sometimes also get samples that the mutation type is unknown to the client, or it was not tested upfront at time of diagnosis. To mitigate the risk of misreporting a high positive rare non-type ABD, which may show up as a false negative or low positive in the RT-PCR test, our MPN1 MRD assay also has a qualitative DNA-based fragment analysis built in. This combined approach safeguards the detection of essentially all types of MPN1 mutations described in AML with a limit of detection of 5% the DNA level for the qualitative test. So that's a nutshell introduction for this test. Excellent, thank you very much. So we're so focused on patients as our clients are as well. Would you tell us please, which patients should be having this testing and when should it be performed? Is it when they are initially diagnosed Yes, AML patients harboring an MPN1 mutation detected at the time of diagnosis, they are recommended to be monitored by the MPN1 MRD test. In AML, mutant MPN1 has been shown to be a reliable and stable MRD marker. And the test can be performed in peripheral blood or bone marrow samples at clinically informative time points. So two international uh, professional guidelines, they do shed some light on this aspect. So the NCCN guideline recommends testing upon completion of initial induction before allogeneic transplantation and additional time points guided by the regimen used, such as upon completion of two cycles of chemotherapy. 
the European Leukemia the ELN guideline was recently updated at the end of last year, 2021. And the update gave more specific recommendations regarding AML-MRD testing. In case people are interested, the PubMed PMID is 34724563. So the ELN update, they do recommend getting a baseline level at the time of diagnosis in both peripheral blood and bone marrow. And after the therapy, MRD should be assessed to refine relapse risk in patients who has achieved morphological remission, that is with blast less than 5%, with full or partial hematologic recovery, because we need some cells to be able to do the test. Specifically, in peripheral blood, after two cycles of chemotherapy, and at the end of treatment, it's suggested to be tested in the bone marrow specimen. After completion of treatment, MRD can be followed up in peripheral blood or bone marrow for uh, 24 months. If you're testing the bone marrow, the recommended interval is three months, and the uh, recommended interval for peripheral blood is four to six weeks. Conversion from MRD negative to MRD positive status should be confirmed within four weeks in a second consecutive sample, preferably a bone marrow specimen. And molecular MRD monitoring beyond 24 months of follow-up should be based on individual clinical features, which is left to the discretion of the clinician. Thank you, Dr. He. And I know we are focusing on NPM1Q today, but you touched briefly on translocation 821 and inversion 16. Just relative to my question about which patients should have testing, those two tests are for monitoring, correct? And could you just speak briefly how that would be incorporated in what clinician may choose to proceed forward with as far as testing for their patients at what juncture? The uh, recommendation for the other two, the inversion 16 and translocation 821 is very similar to MPN1 at the recommended informative time points. For detailed information, I would refer people, if they want to get detailed information, I would refer them to the ELM guideline, which was published in the, uh, the Journal of Blood. Very good, thank you. So how are the results used in patient care? You touched on this briefly, but if you wouldn't mind expanding, please. AML-MRD test results are used to provide an objective assessment of deeper remission status beyond the 5% morphologic evaluation that a pathologist can evaluate uh, under the microscope. Because we know patients who have achieved CR complete remission by morphology can still harbor a large number of leukemic cells in the bone marrow. It helps to refine outcome prediction and inform choice of post-remission therapy. Also identify impending relapse and enable early intervention. Also helps to provide more robust post-transplantation monitoring. And the MRD result can also be used as a surrogate endpoint to accelerate new drug development. And the role of MRD in ML prognostication and treatment is evolving. The trend in the level of mutant transcripts should be followed carefully. Uh, looking at the trend is very important. Regarding MPN1, multiple studies have shown that in MPN1-mutated AML patients, persistence of MPN1-mutated transcript 
particularly those at levels higher than 200 copies per 10,000 ABLE1 copies, which is equivalent to 2%. After at least two cycles of chemotherapy, it is associated with increased risk of relapse and lower rate of survival. So ELN recommend treatment and or conditional regimen, preferably as part of clinical trials to reduce relapse in three categories of AML patients. The first one is for patients with MRD level higher than 2% MPN1 over ABLE copies in bone marrow at the end of treatment. The second category is for patients whose log reduction of the MPN1 transcript level is less than three to four log in the same tissue source at the end of treatment. Preferably the tissue source is bone marrow. The third group is patient with MRD relapse, which is defined as conversion from MRD negative to MRD positive, or there's increase of MRD by one log tenfold between two positive samples of the same tissue in patients with low level MRD. MPN1 MRD level less than 2% is defined as low level MRD, and patients with stable low-level MRD, they do not necessarily require change of therapy. Once again, more information can be found in the 2021 ELN update. I would refer you to that publication if you need more information. Thank you very much. So currently, what alternative test options are available and how do they compare to the test we're speaking of today? As mentioned earlier, another common methodology for MRD monitoring is by multi-parameter flow cytometry, which interrogates the immunophenotype of BLAS. It requires a dedicated AML MRD panel with multiple immunophenotypic markers, and more importantly, accurate interpretation from experienced hematopathologists, as the analysis is highly sophisticated. However, the markers used for flow cytometry are not MPN1 specific, and occasionally a AML case may not have informative immunophenotypic features for MRD assessment. Regarding the molecular testing for MPN1 mutation, the commonly available tests include the qualitative DNA-based fragment analysis and quantitative RNA-based RT-PCR MRD tests. The fragment analysis has been widely used to detect the presence of MP1 mutation at the time of AML diagnosis, especially before NGS has entered the uh, clinical labs. And generally, it has a lower sensitivity of 5% on the DNA level, but it does cover all pathogenic MP1 mutations in AML. On the other hand, the quantitative RT-PCR is highly sensitive but usually with a limit of detection that can be achieved at 0.01%. However, because there's so many types of MP1 mutations, the RT-PCR assay, the quantitative one, usually only evaluates the three most common mutation types, A, B, and D, which covers 90%, about 90% of MPN1-mutated AML cases. For highly sensitive MRD monitoring, the RNA-based quantitative RT-PCR is, of course, desired. However, if only the quantitative RT-PCR is used, a high-positive non-type ABD MPN1 mutation 
may show up as falsely negative or atypically low positive in the assay. And the erroneous result may lead to suboptimal patient management. So therefore, it would be prudent to opt for an MRD assay such as ours that combines the RNA-based RT-PCR and the DNA-based fragment analysis as the two platforms complement each other. Thank you. And thank you for clarifying just the nuance relative to the qualitative and quantitative and how that is so critically important for as accurate a result and guidance in patient care. Thank you, Dr. He. Would you please share further uh, what you would recommend or considerations that you would suggest clinicians keep in mind as they are considering patient care? Yes, I think there are several other points that's worth mentioning. The first one is the mutant NPN1 is an overexpressor on the RNA transcript level, so it's overexpressed. So the RNA-based quantitative RT-PCR is very sensitive, it's more sensitive, and the detected quantitative level is generally higher than that observed from a cell number-based evaluation, such as flow cytometry, FISH, blast percentage by diff, or the VAF from a DNA-based test. So it will be important to follow the quantitative trend of MRD using the same parameter and the same test. Secondly, bone marrow sample is usually more sensitive than the peripheral blood sample. And generally speaking, the quant level is approximately one lot higher in the bone marrow in comparison to a peripheral blood specimen. However, the difference can vary in each individual. Thirdly, for the quantitative RT-PCR, the reproducibility is such that the results within half-log should be considered equivalent. Half-log is about 3.2-fold. Additionally, I have heard some questions regarding the use of NGS in AML-MRD. It is an emerging platform for AML-MRD monitoring. However, given the complexity regarding the clinical significance of various molecular markers, as the technical and bioinformatic constraints of error-corrected NGS, there's currently insufficient data to support its independent role in AML-MRD monitoring rather than serving as a supplementary tool to refine the prognosis in addition to flow cytometry. Lastly, a word of caution is that the current AML-MRD literature is primarily based on intensive chemotherapy and the clinical significance with other therapeutic choices has not been well established. Dr. He, again, thank you very much for joining us today and sharing your expertise and perspective and these valuable tests offered by Mayo Clinic Laboratories. Again, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking about this essay with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.